You are listening to the Horse Radio Network, part of the Equine Network family. Welcome to the Practical Horseman Podcast, featuring conversations with respected riders, industry leaders, and horse care experts. The show is co-hosted by Practical Horseman editors, and our goal is to inform, educate, and inspire. I'm Sandy Olenek, and this is a special edition of the Practical Horseman Podcast. Today, we're bringing you highlight interviews from the Capital Challenge Horse Show. The show was held September 28th through October 8th at Prince George's Equestrian Center in Upper Marlboro, Maryland. In this episode, we bring you conversations with top riders from four of the competition's major finals. The riders talk about their rides and their horses, and we also asked some of them what their favorite training exercises are. The riders include John French, winner of the WCHR Professional Challenge, and Nick Hannis, who plays second in the class. We also share part of the press conference with Kate Conover, who won the WCHR Pro Finals, and an interview with Haley Robinson, who won the WCHR Developing Pro Challenge. Finally, we speak with Tessa Downey, who won the North American Junior Equitation Championship. Before getting into the interviews, I'd like to share a word from our sponsor, Cosequin. Cosequin ASU joint and hoof pellets contain quality ingredients to support joint and hoof health and leave out the fillers molasses and alfalfa, all while delivering the taste horses love. The colors of our ingredients shine through for a difference you can see. Visit CosequinEquine.com. This episode starts off with John French, who rode Babylon to his third consecutive win of the two-round WCHR Professional Challenge. So, did you get tired of winning the sixth time? What, is, what does it mean? Is it still special? No, it's, it's still special. And he's, he's such a special horse, you know? And to bring him up from the very beginning when he was, you know, green, it, like... Yeah, exactly. Um, means a lot because, I don't know, we just have a special bond. Right. And most people show their horses all week and, you know... I just brought him in here last night. I wanted him to like be out at the farm, go out mm-hmm. in the turnout. Like he didn't need to be in here. He has a juniors this weekend, and, right? And um, you know, he amazed me three years ago when he was a first year horse and only six uh, six years old to be grand champion, and then he won this class, and then last year he won this class and was <laughs> champion in the juniors, and then right. he won this class again. So I think he really he likes this horse show. And which is nice because it's a special show and right. all the best of the best from here. Absolutely. Does it feel like when you walk in the ring you just know like he can win? I mean, do you guys just have that connection? You ever... Yeah, like I get I, a little nervous like in the warm-up area because he felt a little fresher than normal today. Uh-huh. and uh, But... I knew when he went in there that he would know like it's his job and and uh, his ride. I don't know. It's because I started him from the beginning, but you know when he was really green. But it's like my kind of ride. I kind of like you know wake him up a little bit, but then I just try to like be really soft and just you know no pressure in front of the jump. Just you know let him use his head and neck and and uh, because he is. I've had him for so long, and he is my ride. And then, 
once I'm on it and I'm in the ring, I'm like, you know, we, we got this. You know? <laughs> oh, that's awesome. What, um, can you just talk us through your rounds, the two rounds, and how we felt, you know, the different? Um, yeah, sure. The, the first round, um, you know, the, the first jump, I just wanted to test him out, so I didn't want to be too bold at the first fence, and I sort of, you know, made the quiet one come up longer, but then he, then he jumped it, you know, really well, and then um, the lines, in the first line away from the gate in the first round, you know, I made sure he, he got away, but but not overdoing it, and then he, you know, you can't, like, clamp your leg on him, and you kind of just have to be soft, and then he, he'll move up, you know? And um, then you know, I was a little, let's see, after the first jump was that one. Oh, yeah, we did the line. And then the, the diagonals, he was really good, the five. And then the last line, I was hoping he would land left there, you know, so I wouldn't have to do. Because sometimes he tries to do a lead change pretty quickly. Like he knows, oh, I'm on the wrong lead and just does it. So I just had to... Was, it was lucky in both bending lines tonight that he landed on that lead and then so then he was super relaxed right from the beginning he wasn't thinking like oh I'm on the wrong lead and uh, so then it's really easy to make him put his head down and like get soft and relaxed and, and uh, the second round again I didn't want to be too bold at the first fence maybe I could have left out a stride to the first fence and galloped it a little bit more but you know, I, I was probably a little safe there, um, but he slows down and fits the quiet one in so well, and it makes it look like it wasn't quiet. And that he jumped in the diagonal, he landed right, and I was for a minute he thought lead change, and then I had to say no, keep going on the right lead because you know it's not that wasn't your typical diagonal line. It was sort of right. diagonal in and pretty straight out, so I kind of tried to make it as more of a diagonal line out of it the five is really I thought nice single oxer yeah I, I saw it far enough away that then at the end it, it was you know forward and so it allowed him to like slow down and jump up high and I thought I practiced a, you know one stride out in the warm up area I thought he really jumped the one stride we do that a little bit at home in, in our schoolings so um, he was really good there and then landed on the lead and then it was just all down to the last jump. And, <laughs> when you mentioned yeah. that, you know, a special relationship, obviously we've had him for a while. What what makes it so special? Um, well, he's the kind of horse, like in the morning, I go on a lot of trails, you know, and if I'm having a bad day or whatever, I take him out on the trail and yeah. I don't know. <laughs> we have a... <laughs> We have a lot of conversations, you know, and, uh, uh, I don't know, I'm a little emotional because the people are selling them at the end of this year, so I think this is my last five. Oh, sorry. Sorry, sorry. Oh, well. But I think she's going to move on more to the jumpers and then sell him, so, okay. um, you know, just knowing that at least we went out on a good note. Done for sure. <laughs> um, one question that's not related to the show, but um, we for an article. Can you uh, talk about your like, favorite training exercise, um, schooling exercise, or? Well, I'd like to do a lot of, like, like I say, I, I do 
you know, to get them, you know, backing off. I, I like to do, you know, one straw and maybe put a pole in the middle of each one, to, you know, to get them to drop their head down and slow down and just, you know, curl each jump. I mean, every horse is a little bit different as far as their training. Um, let's see, one of my other training exercises. You know, I like putting jumps in the, the one stride in the corner of the, the arena, one to a one, just with like cavalettes. Do a lot of cavalettes and just you know, get them turning and landing on the lead, but not. But they have to keep the shape and not landing on the lead by you know falling in and landing on the lead. They have to keep kind of going out and landing on the lead. And, and um, so are the cavalettes like like. Curved, they're so they're curved. so yeah. they're different. Like, how what are the what's the footage around? Um, they're around twenty-one feet. Okay. I'll either do one or two strides. Yeah. Okay. Um, you can't. You just can't turn them. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You can't turn them. I just can't turn them. Yeah. Some horses I do a lot of trot jumps, but not not so much with him. But um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and it's just important to, to take him out a lot. And, you know, not just ride him in the ring all the time. You know, my horse, you know, go out. Probably I take him twice a week. They just go out in the field and, you know, ride on the trail and ride them, you know, because you just have to make them love their job and want to do it for you. And if they, that's the thing about him is that he loves his job and he really loves, um, he's like the happiest horse, you know. you. You never see him like pin his ears back, or, or he just never does that. He's never, never given any kind of, you know, crankiness except for if, like he has to go to the bathroom or something when you're on him. <laughs> right. He's like, but, and he's a funny horse that he he usually every morning when I take him out, the first thing we do when we go out is he winnings, you know, and you know, particularly when we go, you know, out on the trail, he'll. He'll like Winnie, you know, for the first few minutes, but, or even if I'm riding, he'll Winnie and make a noise when I'm cantering around. You could tell he's just telling me, like, I think we can walk now, you know, <laughs> you know, because I can tell what, what he's thinking that, you know, he, he's really just kind of mumbling under his breath, like, this is, okay. this is enough. <laughs> but he does kind of mumble under his breath a little bit. Is that part of the conversations you have? Yeah, or? part of it. <laughs> oh, that's great. Uh, any other conversations that you have that you can share? <laughs> uh, no, I just, you know, because he used to be a nervous horse when he was young. He was a little bit spooky and everything. So even in Florida, you know, I would take him out on the trails. And I think he really knows my voice really well. Maybe that's why he's always mumbling under his breath. <laughs> but, uh, you know, so even if I go in the, in the ring or I feel nervous, if I just, like, talk to him a little bit he, he, you can tell that he's like oh, okay John's right you know. <laughs> he's great for his, his you know, owner as well and the juniors but I really haven't shown him uh, but maybe like three or four classes this whole year um, because he doesn't really need it I just save it for like a special class or, or something and, um, but his owner rides the juniors and rides them super well and you know though I ride him a lot because you know, she lives in Las Vegas but showing wise you know 
after his first year and he did all the winning here, I really don't do that much showing with him. How old is he now? Eight. Oh my God. He's got a long wow. career ahead of him. Eight. I know. Only eight. <laughs> yeah, amazing. Next up is Nick Hannis, who rode Queen Celeste to second place behind John and Babylon in the WCHR Professional Challenge. Queen Celeste, how um, how did she go today for you? Today? You know, this class is a fun class. It's a different atmosphere. It's two rounds. It's at night. Sometimes the nighttime element, you know, it adds a little bit of a challenge and excitement to, to the horse show and to the atmosphere for the horses that you can get jazzed up. So you really want to use a horse in the class that you have a good relationship with. And Queen Celeste is that girl for me. <laughs> I've had a really fun time being able to, to show her across the country from Wellington, um, Michigan, Lexington, uh, She's a wonderful horse. She's seasoned. She's beautiful. She's a great jumper. And I just, I feel like we speak the same language together. And I, I just love, love, love riding her. And I knew that uh, she'd come out tonight and give her best and give her all as she always does. And uh, knowing that John French was in the class of Babylon, it's always uh, a struggle to, to uh, strategize how to win the class or to be competitive um, against him because they're a great team as well. And as their competitor, it's fun. I'm supportive to, to him and to that horse. He's done a great job developing that horse for the past few years. And he won fair and square. And the horse is outstanding. And he rode, the, you know, he rides amazing, of course. And uh, I'm very happy with the outcome of the class. Uh, Queen Celeste, can you talk a little bit about your partnership with her, how it's evolved? Queen Celeste uh, it belongs to Laura Correa and Glade Run Farms. I first... Uh, got to ride her in Wellington, not this year, but the year before. I was uh, in town for uh, some horse trials, and it happened to be that the night class was that same week. And I just literally, I think on Wednesday, uh, texted Tom Wright and said, do you have anything I could ride in the class? I, I qualified through a bye in California, um, and I would love to do the class. i never done it before. And uh, he said, let me get back to you in just a minute. And then three minutes later, my phone dinged, and uh, Tom said, come over to the farm. And I want you to sit on Queen Celeste, and I about dropped dead in my tracks. I was like, yeah, that'll do. Yeah, that'll do. Because I had you know, known the mayor and seen her go before. She's very famous. Um, she's had a, 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 a great list of owners before her current owner. And another horse that has been produced beautifully throughout her career, starting with the Janes, uh, Alex Jane and Haley and her sister. So um, I'd always admired the horse and was very excited. The first time that I rode her, it felt uh, pretty magical. It was love at first sight. And we ended up being fifth on our first night class together and never showing her any classes other than that class was kind of our first stage together. And it was a very, very uh, great uh, results for, for that time. And then this year rolled around and I rode her again um, in the in Wellington uh, Spectacular class. And she was third this year. So um, she's just always been so consistent for me. And um, I, I rode her here last year at Capital Challenge. In fact, she was third in this class last year. She was second this year. And you better believe it, we're going to win it next year. <laughs> right. um, one last question, um, just not really related to the show, but what's, what's like your go-to training exercise? Or do you have a favorite training exercise? I always go back to this. I, I really believe in keeping the horses happy. I don't think there's a certain training exercise that I do in particular to prepare them for the classes. I think having a happy horse before the horse show and during the horse show equals success, in my opinion, um, and just understanding their language. I, I, I got on Queen Celeste tonight, and she was sort of sassy and shaking her head, and you know, she was excited to be out at night, and there was lots of horses getting ready, and she could feel the tension, and she kind of shook her head a few times and let out a little leap through the air, and I was like, 
uh-oh, this might be a fresh horse, but I just talked to her for a few minutes and made sure we were on the same, you know, wavelength, and, and she settled down nicely, and she believes in me, and I believe in her, and I think that's my success um, with my horses. I honestly believe that that's a big part of it. Now we'll hear from Kate Conover, winner of the WCHR Pro Finals. In these finals, the riders first rode a handy hunter course on a horse of their choosing. Kate rode small friendship. Then the top four riders rode four different horses provided by the show. They rode them over four different courses. In these final four rounds, riders warmed up the first horse they rode, but then after that, they couldn't warm up their next three horses. The first clip is from the press conference, and the second is Kate talking about her thoughts on training. Uh, the horse I brought in the first round is one that I show in the first years, and I, I thought that I should go with one that I really know for that class because, you know, that track, you had to be handy. And, of course, I have a bit of it. He's a first-year horse, but I've had a bit of experience really kind of going for it with him in classes, so I felt pretty confident that if it was a track like it was, that he was going to be with me. And, you know, they always say go with the one you know, not the one you don't. So I, I think I made the right decision going with him, and he rose to the occasion, and from there it just... It was pretty amazing, the whole experience. And then coming back on the borrowed horses, just kind of talk us through that, about the draw of the horses that you had. So each horse was quite different, and I have to say we all worked together as a team to help each other. Um, we got to warm up our first horse, of course, and everybody who brought the horse gave us great information about it. So you kind of just, you know, you jumped a few jumps, and then from there we kind of leaned on each other to say, hey, this one goes left, or this one you should take your spurs off, or watch the change, or room at the verticals. We all, you know, it was nice that we're all competing, but we all look to help each other a lot. I can't believe this is the first time you've ever done this. Yeah, it's been a, I have to say, as everybody knows here, like I go through phases where I show a lot, but uh, this year's been a little different. My brother passed away in January, and I kind of just changed my focus to riding for my family. My mom really loves it, so I know she's watching, and I can't call her yet because I'll cry, but I know I made her really proud, and I know my brother's watching, and it just was something that I kind of focused on right away, starting, he died January 13th, and from there I just thought, you know what, I got to ride for my mom and for myself, and this, I, I made this a focus, and I, and I wanted it. I wanted it for, not just for me, but for my family, and I, I couldn't be more ecstatic that it actually happened. And you've got so much support out there tonight. Tell us about Team Kate. Well, that's Team Shadow Ridge and Team Redfield was over there. I've uh, got a, you know, I guess I know some good people and I must not be that bad of a person that <laughs> they all showed up, so. Um, Kate, I think people know that your kind of history of riding is riding lots of new horses. And can you talk about um, how your professional experience maybe helped you in this class being on new horses? So I think my whole life, as even Rachel in the back here knows, I, you know, when I was little, I was riding ponies for her and Jack Trainer, and all my life, uh, my godmother Patty Miller, who was my instructor when I was a kid, you know, we always kind of, my whole life, I never really had the same horse all the time or pony. So it's a lot of experience of just trying to make a relationship really fast, and I think that experience of just kind of riding them all different taking what you have in the moment and doing the best you can and riding. You know, every horse, you don't ride the same. And that's what you have to think. They have a different way of going. Some are strong. Some take a lot of leg. Um, some are, have a lot of blood. Uh, some go left, some go right. And it's just in that moment of thinking, okay, how can we solve this puzzle and become a team fast? And I think that's – and also Brady and I were talking. You know, we go to Europe a lot and try a horses. Lot. And 
you know, that experience as well as, you know, trying to decide in a few minutes, like, can this horse be a hunter that's now a jumper, you know? So it's just a lot of riding a lot of different horses. My whole life, I think, really set me up well for this class here today. I think every horse has a different way of training them, and that's Mm kind of how I felt in this class. But I'm a big believer in, you know, building horsepower into the horse and building strength, you know, and riding them connected sometimes so then, you know, I don't ever at home... I wouldn't say I really have an exercise. You know, I train bounces a little bit and stuff to try and make them strong behind. Mm-hmm. But I think uh, I think we just keep them strong, mm-hmm. connected, and when we're in the ring, then we can let them a bit loose. Because I think if you train them long all the time, then you lose strength and the engines in the back end. So we just try and always make that as strong as we can. Mm-hmm. So you work on, like, flat work with yes. that? And, yeah. And, and, and keep them happy. I think that's the, the biggest trick of the all, to be honest. Yeah. How do you keep them happy? Are there things you do Love them. <laughs> Love them. Yeah. Treat them. I mean, I think if you win their heart, you can do anything. Uh-huh. Do you think that helped in this type of class? Yeah, I think you can have a relationship fast. They have to trust you. Yeah. Like the horse I just sold Oceanside to uh, Kelly Seaman that I won the first round of incentive finals on, the pre-green. That horse was my heart. And um, I think when you have that relationship with them, I think it makes all the difference in the sport. Mm-hmm. So I think in this class, I tried to win their hearts pretty fast. Yeah. How any 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 ways you were able to do that? Uh, ride them each. The ride them the way they want to be ridden. Yeah. And try and figure it out really fast. <laughs> yeah. Next is Haley Robinson, who won the two-round WCHR Developing Pro Challenge Riding Leisure. Can you talk about the horse that you won it on? How you got the partnership? I won the horse on a wonderful eight-year-old mare named Leisure. Uh, we just bought her earlier this year. I flew across the country in the middle of the night to try her, and we have never looked back since then. She is the most incredible little horse in the world. Uh, it's pretty amazing. She's only in her 3-3 three, three green year right now. I think she was one of the only horses out there that was still doing that. Uh, she's She's never been anything but absolutely spectacular. I mean, this is really just our fourth, fifth show with her maybe this summer, and she just improves and impresses us every single time. Can you talk a little bit about the feeling that she gave in there in particular tonight? Yeah, she she was so amazing tonight because I, you know, it's a big atmosphere for younger horses, and I didn't really know what to expect. She's never put a foot wrong with us, and she's always only ever done amazing, but I just wanted to give her whatever she needed, and she was a professional out there, so she really didn't need too much. I, I just tried to uh, <laughs> give her the best performance I could so that she could have a special night. I have uh, an equitation background. I did a lot of the equitation and the hunters growing up, uh, and I really think that the horse, the hunters have to be equally as rideable uh, as they do in the equitation. I think, I think all of the skill sets that the equitation horses have really help make the hunters more supple and stronger um, and more balanced. You know, they obviously have to land both leads. They have to be rideable, especially when they are in their 360 year and up and they have to do the handies and the derbies and all of that. So I really focus on, um, you know, a lot of really good flat work. I, uh, I like to do a lot of pulls and just make sure all the gears are working. I like to do a lot of um, leaving strides out, adding strides, going out, going in, all of that to make sure that the horses um, are never going to be surprised by what the test is in the show ring. And that's all over poles? I would say, are you asking for like a specific exercise? Because I have some. Sure, yeah. Well, I, I love the circle of death. The three poles like this, where okay. you can change the number. You can 
do in four to out seven, you can do out seven to in five, all of that kind of stuff. And then same on the straight line, you can go forward in five, slow to seven, for example, and vice versa, um, slow and six, fast, whatever it is, um, that kind of a thing I really like doing because so I do think it tests their gears a lot. You do um, the circle, like say three poles. Yep, three poles. Yep, I really okay. like that um, because it makes the, you have to, you have to have a horse that's able to get around both of the inside legs and accept both of the outside reins really nicely. And then on the straight line, you have to make sure that they're elastic enough in their, in their backs, basically, to be able to extend their stride and then collect their stride um, without losing any of the power. And obviously with hunters doing all of that smoothly, uh, making it look easy, even though it's not, is really important. Um, so in this horse specifically, she's so natural jumping all the time. She, she needs absolutely no help with that, but all summer long, um, we were on the East Coast for a while. All summer that we got home, we were just doing flat work and poles and cavalettis and things like that. And rounding out our interviews is a conversation with Tessa Downey, who rode Effendi in the championship's two rounds and one final workoff test to capture the North American Junior Equitation Championship. So something that's always been difficult for me is pace, as well as really keeping pressure around an animal over, let's say, an oxer. Um, in the first round, particularly, well, how did it even go? Let me think. Yeah, I don't remember. But there was an oxer at the end of the ring. It was right to right, and I, sorry, right to left. It was into the bounces, mm-hmm. and I had a very hard hind rub. Previous to that hind rub on the out of the double, I want to say it was 6B, I had another hind rub, and that was a cue I needed to take and run with and say, I don't have enough leg on, I really need to apply the pressure. But I didn't learn my lesson there. I didn't learn my lesson at the skinny oxer before the bounce, but I was able to sort of like regroup and get it back together right after for the last jump, which a lot of people have had down. And I was able to sort of pick my horse up off his front end, as well as use my leg to really take his hind legs. And can you talk a little bit about what he's like to deal with day-to-day, his personality, how much you hang out with him, that kind of thing? You know, Effendi is a human being. Okay, let's let's start with that. Um, as you might have seen in the awards presentation, he has a timer. He has his internal clock. Um, he tells you when he's done, and when he's done, you should probably listen. Um, that's best for everyone, um, but honestly, he's amazing. He shows maybe five to ten times a year just because that's how special and important he is and honestly you know his preparation isn't drilling you know you won't ever see people doing shoulder ins at five in the morning on him because it's your responsibility as a rider to know him well enough to know that like he has your back uh could you just talk a little bit about your how your partnership has evolved with him how long you've been riding him and I've been riding a Fendi for about nine months, and that's due to Ashland Farms really seeing the potential in us as a pairing. They've had him for a very long time. They've been very successful with him. Brian Mowgray won medal finals on him. Brian Mowgray was second at McClay finals on him. Grady Lyman won this championship a few years ago on him. They know him very well, and Ken got him back from Elise and paired us together at the McClay finals last year was when I first sat on him. And um, I'm just grateful that he had trust, confidence, and faith in me that I could you know, really figure this animal out and make it work. 
Thanks for listening to this special episode of the Practical Horseman podcast, featuring highlights from the 2023 Capital Challenge Horse Show. And a big thank you to the episode sponsor, Cosequin. You can subscribe to the Practical Horseman podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. While you're there, please rate and review the show. Also, tune in to our mini-sode series, The Fod Pod, where you'll hear audio lessons from our favorite Practical Horseman on-demand clips. When you tune into The Fod Pod, listen close for a promo code for 15% off your Practical Horseman on-demand subscription. Thanks again for joining us. I'm Sandy Olenek, and you've been listening to the Practical Horseman Podcast.